0: on Texans your
1: daily Houston Texans podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
0: welcome in ladies and gentlemen to another installment of locked on Texans your daily podcast covering your favorite football team every single day and as always I'm your host Cody Davis alone my partner in crime
1: John some sports guy, Hickman Cody's part one and I'm part two of the locked on Texans duo of course we're here today to discuss the Houston Texans organization. We're gonna talk to Locked On Browns as today's also the Locked On crossover day, but this episode is brought to you by Pepsi. This season, we're all watching football different. We understand that a lot of us wanna be at the games. There's limited amount of seatings. just a whole lot of uncertainty with what you wanna do outside. But with this crazy year, Pepsi is here for us. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Cody, listeners at home, since Bob McNair died in 2018, the Texans have undergone a lot of changes. From firing General Manager Brian Gain, firing Chris Olsen, a number of players did not resign or get traded for chips and pickles. To General Manager and Head Coach Bill O'Brien getting fired a few weeks ago, and now the VP of Communications, Amy Palchuk, has also been fired as of yesterday and the reason behind amy getting fired by jamie roots was because she was no longer a cultural fit in a statement jamie roots said that it was definitely my call we know that amy had been with the houston texas since 2013 has done phenomenal work with this organization has helped jj White raise over 30 million dollars Uh, in the hurricane relief efforts a few years ago, um, won a Rosella award for the best NFL, for the NFL's best PR staff in 2017 that was shared with the Ravens. She did a phenomenal job. Um, And and it, 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 it poses a question, a thought, what and what is not a cultural fit for Houston? and, This may ruffle a few feathers, but I'm okay with saying this because right now, this organization, there is no culture. There is no underlining top to bottom culture. I believe that Amy was let go due to her embracing Kamala Harris and Joe Biden winning the presidency. I hate to say that, but I think that's what it is. I'll take all criticism that comes with it uh, because there's no reason why you fire someone who literally helped the city of Houston and other areas bounce back from a hurricane. And JJY tweeted about her and, how, and, and what a phenomenal job she did. Everybody that worked with Amy came to her defense yesterday and others will come out and I'm sure more news about this will come out, but to me it just doesn't make sense. It's not a move that you had to make the move because you were not good at that area. It's not a move where you you're making the move because you have another candidate that will do better than who you already have. It's not a move that affects what happens on the NFL field with your team that you, 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 you currently have since at two and six so a culture that she didn't fit to me speaks volumes and and now I wonder what culture is in this organization because if she does a culture I would hate to see what it is and I think this, This is one of those moves, along with countless others, countless others, dating all the way back to DJ Swearinger's tweets a few years ago about what transpired with him and Bill O'Brien, along with others. This team will potentially be a place free agents don't want to really come play for They're going to love the idea of playing with Deshaun Watson. They're going to love the idea of living in the city of Houston. Those two are the most attractive pitches. But then what's going on right now? And Cal McNair looks like Bobby Pillett from Horrible Bosses. Like he doesn't care about anything Bob did to build this organization up. It's like he's just having fun and letting everybody else do what they want to do. Doesn't make sense. Head scratcher. Uh, I'm in support of Amy. Hopefully more news will come out, but I'm going to stick to what and why I believe this happened. This is my feeling, my opinion, and mine's maybe only, but I think how she embraced Kamala Harris and Joe Biden in this presidency, which she she has a right to Everybody has their right to support and back and embrace whoever they feel like was the best candidate for them. But I think that is what crossed the line, per se, for Jamie Root's letting go of Amy Pouch. And this football season will be a little bit different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through the game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans, like you and I, like the entire world, especially after Thursday Night Football game, we're the real generational town that Pepsi fuels, right? We don't go out there on the field. We may not catch passes, but we are the passionate fans. And because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch the game. Pepsi, made for football watching.
2: And this was a nice surprise. And welcome back to the fine folks from DoorDash. Between never-ending laundry cycles and incoming emails, you've got plenty on your to-do list. Give Give yourself one less thing to worry about and let DoorDash take care of your next meal. You want Chinese. The kids want pizza. Somebody wants some Froyo. There's something for everyone on DoorDash. You've counted on restaurants. Now they're counting on you. And while their dining uh, rooms may be limited, they're still open for delivery. DoorDash is the app that brings you food you're craving right now, right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app. Choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off. And zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code locked on, all caps, no space. That's $5 off your and your next and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the app store and use the promo code again locked on. Don't forget, that's locked on. Five dollars off your first order with DoorDash. Like I said, we're sitting here today with Cody Davis. And first things first, Cody, how are you doing? How's life out in Texas? How's everything? How's everybody doing? Uh, you know, out there, and this, you know, where you know the world is right now, as far as you know, everything we're trying to deal with, as far as COVID nineteen.
0: Hey, Jeff. Thanks for having me on. Um, man, you know, it's it's about the same everywhere, you know, just trying to go on about your daily life and at the same time trying to stay safe at the same time. Um, I know for me personally, I'm extremely busy these days. In addition, covering the Houston Texans. I'm also covering the Houston Rockets part of SB Nation and Russell Westbrook just demanded a trade. The Houston Texans are a mess. So I am always busy 24-7 these days. <laughs>
2: Uh, whether it's good, whether it's bad, uh, the coverage never stops. And it was actually funny because I was thinking about that. And I told Cody I was running a little bit late. I was picking up my daughter, and I see Twitter's ablaze. And I'm like, what's going on here? You know, Because the first thing you got to do for us is, you know, how does this affect what we do? And then, <laughs> oh, Russell Westbrook, unhappy again. Get out of town. Not Russell yep. Westbrook. Get out of town. <laughs> but as you mentioned, um, it got real weird real early with the Houston Texans this year. Um, You know, here was a team, you know, obviously in a playoff game with the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, you know, less than, I guess now maybe what, nine months ago or whatever, um, looking pretty good, um, you know, putting an early pounding on the Kansas City Chiefs on the road. It all fell apart. Um, And then the season comes and the team doesn't start off well at all. And you're in a really, really weird position because your head coach was also your general manager. And Bill O'Brien, and I think Bill O'Brien, I never really had a problem with as a head coach. I I think there were times where he did, you know, did a lot with a little, so to speak. I think maybe more of what did Bill O'Brien in may have been the uh, general manager side of it. But it don't matter. You carry two jobs. You're not doing one. Most likely you're going to lose both. Um, Then today, uh, word drops that the Houston Texans uh, have moved on from who's the head of their PR. And you see the amount of people who came out. To talk about this woman uh, and the j- job she did, whether it was J.J. Watt or you know many many high ranking members in the hierarchy of football writers, um, you know with the trades, you know, draft capital, i uh, gonna be looking at a new head coach. Cody, what, where is the state of this franchise right now? Because you know I've seen some tough times, obviously on this end covering the Cleveland Browns, and it, it feels a little bit eerily similar over there, except for maybe not a lot of draft capital to rebuild the the roster with.
0: (sighs) To be honest with you, Jeff, I wish (laughs) I had an answer for you, man. Um, And it's so frustrating. It's getting to the point as a fan, as a reporter – it's getting to the point where it's starting to be really frustrating talking about the Texans, because every time it seems like we get a sense of a direction of where this organization might be going, they turn around and do something stupid, like fire their vice president of communication by claiming she's no longer a quote unquote culture fit. My only issue with that is, how can you say someone is no longer a cultural fit when there is no culture established within this organization? And. After allowing Bill O'Brien, and let me just say this before moving on, Jeff, I do agree with you. Bill O'Brien, to me, was not that bad as a head coach. Yes, he made a couple boneheaded decisions, but I was actually okay with it. But it was the fact that he just got too big-headed, and it was also the fact that he let a lot of personal decisions get into the way of letting a lot of guys go. And this organization set back, management set back, and watched Bill O'Brien literally ruin this team by getting, by getting rid of talented players, by trading away nearly all of his draft capital. And the best thing this organization can do right now is break down a roster even further by moving on from a lot of these big contracts like a J.J. Watt and like a Whitney Merciless. And that was part of the reason why I was hoping that they made a move prior to the trade deadline, but they decided to stand in pat. And I understood they just didn't want to make another boneheaded trade like the one they did by getting rid of DeAndre Hopkins. But I think they made a mistake there because this is a team that needs talent and they need talent bad. And it's going to be hard for them to obtain the pieces that they need with little to no cap space. And your best draft selection in this year's upcoming draft is going to be held in the third round. So at this point, All we can do as a fan, as a reporter, all we can do is just hope and pray that management make the right decisions at the end of this season going into the 2021 season. Because you need a general manager, you need a head coach, and hopefully they can do something to put together a competitive team. Because what I do not want to see happen is this organization and this management literally waste the talents of Deshaun Watson.
2: Yeah, and and it's a really weird situation, obviously, you know, because that's taken care of. Um, Sean Watson, just, you know, a star within this league. Um, But, you know, you need some toys. I mean, you you can't work alone. You can't play alone. And you're really going to wonder where the rest of this roster for the Houston Texans is going to be within a year. And the other thing is, if it's going to be a tear down, um, you're hoping for a quick, quick return on that tear down. Talk to me a little bit about the offensive side of the ball. Um, look, Deshaun Watson, I don't think there's enough superlatives for the player he has, you know, grown into. Um, and Cleveland fans, they will still forever. Um, I don't think it would have been a great fit for Deshaun Watson. I think it was much better where he did end up. Um, but what else, offensive side of the ball? I mean, me personally, I am looking forward to seeing uh, my old buddy, Duke Johnson. I was a huge fan of Duke Johnson for the years he was in Cleveland. felt he was severely, severely underused. Um, But what about the offensive side of the ball here? You know, I mean, I I see that they're scoring some points, and it seems like maybe many of the issues on the defensive side of the ball here. Give me some thoughts on this Texans offense thus far.
0: Well, I would like to say Duke Johnson has really been good for the Houston Texans over the past two seasons. And, you know, this year was kind of an odd fit between him and David Johnson. But when David Johnson sustained a concussion and he was ruled out for the rest of our last game against the Jaguars, Duke Johnson really – went out there and showcase his talent. And what I loved about Duke Johnson is the fact that when he gets tackled, he makes sure he goes the extra mile to pick up some positive, some more yardage. And that's what I love to see in Duke Johnson, because that's something David Johnson has a real struggle with. But, you know, talking about the offensive side of the ball, I would have to say our receiving core, especially the duo with Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller, is something that you guys in Cleveland might have to look out for. Because after a slow start to the year, Both of these guys have found their rhythm over the past couple of weeks. In fact, this past Sunday in the game against Jacksonville, Cooks and Fuller combined for 183 yards on eight catches and two touchdowns, with Will Fuller completing all five of his targets for 100 yards. And the dynamic on field version, well, the dynamic on field vision that we had when Bill O'Brien terribly put this team together, that was one of the positives we took away, was the fact that we was able to see that Deshaun Watson will have two reliable targets that he can use every single week versus one. And like I say, it started off really, really slow, but over the past couple of weeks, these two guys, of course, along with the greatness of Deshaun Watson has really been clicking. So if both of these guys can get into a rhythm early, I think the Texans offense is going to be nearly impossible for you guys to stop.
2: Uh, I do have my concerns about that, um, but the early weather report maybe has 20 mile an hour winds. Um, so, hey, I, I'm not going to complain about it because uh, it may aid this Browns secondary. Um, and they've certainly had their issues, uh, you know, with deep vertical receivers. And it's 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 been a trend here now for a couple of years. Um, so now, obviously, you know, with the bigger names on defense, where is the defense at? And, you know, with, you know, where the roster is, and maybe graduating from a team that had, you know, playoff runs. Where is it now versus, you know, are there some, you know, maybe some young pieces that could be part of what's going to be the future of this Houston Texans defense?
0: To be honest with you, Jeff, this defense is terrible. And if I could have it any other way, I would not want anybody on this Texans defense, maybe with the exception of Zach Cunningham and maybe Justin Reed back for the 2021 season. This defense is God awful in every single game. It seems like it get worse and worse. And it's part of the reason why I believe that the Cleveland Browns will come away victorious in this game. You know, they have had a problem all season long at stopping the run. They can't tackle even if their life depended on it And earlier in the season. You know, we was giving them a pass, especially me. You know, every single day I got on here, well, they didn't have a normal preseason. COVID messed everything up. There's a lot of rust. But here we are, 10 weeks into the season, and the same issues that plagued them in that very first game against Kansas City is still plaguing them today. And the worst part about their defense now, heading into week 10 against the Browns, is their secondary. Coming into this game, the Texans have allowed an average of 257 yards, which is 10th worst in the league. Over the last three games, they have given up almost 300 passing yards. Against the Jacksonville Jaguars, they allowed a rookie quarterback in Jake Luton to throw for 304 yards in not only his very first start, but it was his very first game. And... It's 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 so frustrating watching this Houston Texans defense. And you know, yes, we ended up picking up a victory against the Jacksonville Jaguars, but we only won by two. And it's because of the defense, it's part of the reason why Luton and the Jaguars almost stole the victory from Houston. And my biggest worry going into this game is, look, we're going to get into Baker Mayfield, you know, in the next segment. And I actually have somewhat of a belief in Baker Mayfield. Do I believe he's the one of the best quarterbacks in the league? Uh, not necessarily, but I believe he has some talent. And I'm looking at this from a standpoint. If you allow a rookie quarterback in his very first game to throw for over 300 yards, I am pretty sure Baker Mayfield has enough talent to either match or surpass the production that Luton did against the Texans on Sunday. Plus, we may still be without our top defensive back in Bradley Roby. Because prior to the bye week, he got hurt against the Green Bay Packers. And it seemed like him and the organization has now developed some kind of weird beef. Because he missed the game on Sunday against Jacksonville. One part of the organization was saying that it was due to personal reasons. Another part was saying that he was disruptive in the locker room. Don't nobody really know the true story. But if he does not play on Sunday, I am predicting an explosive game from Jarvis Landry because without Bradley Roby on the field, Devontae Adams had recorded 169 yards against Houston. You had a rookie quarterback that threw for over 300 yards. I'm pretty sure the Cleveland Browns is going to be able to, to, to do as much damage, if not more, with the combination of Baker Mayfield and Jarvis Landry, especially if Bradley Roby does not play.
2: Uh, And that's the problem when you get a position that the Texans are in. um, You get guys starting to think about, well, is my future here? If my future's not here, what am I selling out for? And trust me, uh, we've been through this on the other side of it here in (laughs) Cleveland. And uh, we've definitely been through it here. When players start to see, hey, we don't know what the future is, which means I don't know what my future is. And guess what? One ACL, I got no future. Uh, it don't work like that for front office folks. It don't work like that for coaches. Um, so it puts everybody in a really, really difficult position. We are going to flip it up here with Mr. Cody Davis from Lockdown Texans, your host, Jeff Floyd from Lockdown Browns, as we continue to cruise on through Crossover Thursday on the Lockdown Podcast Network.
1: You know, I also want to tell you guys about Built Go, right? It's, it's just amazing. It's kind of sweeping the – the workout nation is sweeping the gyms. It's keeping everybody where they need to be in. Uh, Bill Gold just makes you the best you at whatever you do. That's what it does. That is the main objective. Whether it's a mental or physical wall, break right through it with go every day. Easy to take in a 1.5 ounce packages. Put it in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever. If you're playing some flag football with your boys, it's good for that or you could just put it in your pocket to get through the day. Bilgo is the best workout gel on the market. It's a five hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus it's so natural for the body. It's just completely better. It's like drinking a monster with a third of caffeine and better results with three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and my favorite chocolate mint. I like mint, you know, mint, mint, it gives you like this, Fresh feeling at the end. You know what I mean? Whenever you drink it or eat it. Built Go combines energy gel with a collagen protein. Collagen protein is fast absorbing, so it gets into the system fast. Plus, it's easy on the stomach. Built Go is loaded with good stuff, and it's great to ignite your work. It ignites my work as well. Visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, and you'll get 30% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED for 30% off at builtgo.com. Let's go.
0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Locked On Podcast Network for our crossover edition between Locked On Texans and Locked On Browns. Jeff, it's been a roller coaster ride in Cleveland ever since Baker Mayfield arrived in the spring of 2018. What is the outlook of Mayfield in Cleveland? And do you guys believe that if this organization do not make the playoffs this season, there might be a possibility of a change at quarterback?
2: Um, the key here for Baker Mayfield, and the key for me in my opinion, is um, it's all going to come down to you know whether or not they pick up that fifth-year option. Um, Baker Mayfield is most likely going to be the quarterback um, for 2021. Is there competition brought in here to see if there's a future? Um, These next eight games um, is a big tell for Baker. And the seven quarters that he has played since Odell Beckham Jr. went down, um, look, he didn't completely pass that first quarter against Cincinnati, and that is the game where Odell went down. That just caught fire. Um, The Raider game, on its surface, doesn't look like uh, Baker was that great. Um, But then you factor in a whole bunch of drops. Jarvis Landry, unfortunately, dropped two touchdown passes. Baker Mayfield's been getting it done since Odell has been out and the thing and and it's weird because Baker and Odell look they're tight they're good friends uh they they were tight before you know Baker was even drafted by the Cleveland Browns they had met each other through workouts out in California uh you know had formed you know a good friendship but it doesn't necessarily mean things are going to work on the field and it's not been as good as you know Browns fans has hoped hoped or I even hoped um the Dallas Cowboy game this year was probably the pinnacle of you know, Baker and Odell, um, but Baker without the presence of Odell. And this team has three fantastic options the tight ends out of receivers. They're getting Nick Chubb back most likely this week to compare with Kareem Hunt, which opens up Kareem Hunt's versatility. Uh, the great receiver he is to do some more things as a receiver. Jarvis Landry, Rashard Higgins, Baker and Rashad Higgins have a innate relationship with each other. It works really, really well. You know, the one understands the yin to the yang. It's just weird how these two get along. I don't think Rashard Higgins uh, would have much of a career anywhere else. And I think he is one of Baker's you know, most trusted weapons in key situations. Um, it's going to be a big eight-game stretch here for Baker. And I'm not going to say necessarily whether or not it means playoffs or not, um, because now you're going to talk a team that was 7-8-1 and one in 18. Then obviously it dropped to 6-10 and 10 in 19 under a very, very dysfunctional coaching staff. And front office. Now, to this point, what we've seen is functional, yes. Coaching staff, yes. Front office, yes. Baker Mayfield, for the most part. Um, Coach Stefanski even said today, I think Baker Mayfield is going to ascend over these next eight games. Um, The proof is in the pudding, so to speak, here. But there'll be a lot on the line because, you know, come right after the draft, the Browns are going to have a big decision to make about whether or not they're going to pick up the fifth-year option on their quarterback. So we're going to know a lot about that entire situation here over the next eight weeks.
0: You know, you touched on it a little bit, but with Odell Beckham out for the rest of the season with an ACL tear, how has the Browns offense look, especially with Jarvis Landry, who I consider to be one of the most underrated players in the league?
2: I, I think the thing was, and this is where it was difficult, because at the time um, of Odell's injury, you know, that Cincinnati Bengals game, they went into that game without their top tight end. They went into that game without their top offensive lineman to this point. They went into that game without Nick Chubb. So they were able to pull that one off. Obviously, it looked really good for everybody that day. You got players like Donovan Peoples-Jones who stepped up. You got players like um, you know Shard Higgins who stepped up. Harrison Bryant, David Njoku. You get to the Raider game, um, in which I mentioned you know Jarvis drops a couple of touchdown passes, which hurts. Um, But Jarvis is, and the thing is, is you know I don't know if Jarvis Landry will ever be anyone's true featured receiver, but he's just an absolute pain in the neck. Um, He's tough as nails. Um, You know, play the last couple of weeks with some broken ribs. Um, And this is after coming off of, you know, almost a seven-month rehab uh, for a hip surgery. Um, But now you go to it this week, and now you return your best tight end to the team. You return Nick Chubb, who is a top five back in this league. You return Wyatt Teller, who is the best guard in the NFL at the time of his injury, and is the Browns' best offensive lineman. And the Browns are pretty stout on the offensive line as it is. Um, So it puts it a position here to, succeed. But the thing is, without Odell on the field, for defenses, you know Odell's going to get targets. You know he's going to get a bunch of them. But Baker, and what we saw in just a brief seven quarters in this little life after Odell right now for the 2020 season, is Baker got back to what he was good at in 2018. I don't care if you're the top tight end or the third or fourth string tight end. I don't care if you're wide receiver one or wide receiver five. If you were the open guy, I'm going to take my drop. I'm going to plant my foot, and whoever's open is getting the ball. And that's what we've seen over these brief seven quarters of the post Odell life. And that is what made Baker so successful and so many people talking about him after the 2018 season, which led to all these endorsements, what everybody wanted to say was his downfall. He can just play quarterback now. You don't have to worry about, you know, and, and I understand it from his standpoint. When you got a player, of that ilk, and look, Nuke Hopkins was very similar. Um When you have a player of that ilk, you want to do everything you can to maybe get the ball to him as many times as possible. And it may be a detriment to your overall game. Not saying this is going to hold, but for seven quarters, Baker has looked really, really solid in just getting to his drop, finding the open man, and getting out of his hand as quickly as possible.
0: Last question before moving on. You know, I kind of wish my co-host John was here because ever since last year when you guys brought in Odell Beckham, and on paper, it seemed like you guys had a squad moving forward, but you guys went six and ten. And as of right now, you guys are five and three. But I feel like the Cleveland Browns should be at least a little bit better. In your opinion, you know, as someone who covers this this team, what do you believe is the part of the reason why we have yet to see the the pinnacle of of how great this Cleveland Brown team can be.
2: I think part of it is, is because I think the Browns would like to run the ball more, but when you lose Nick Chubb and when your defense is essentially giving up the amount of yards and the amount of points they are, you're not in a position to truly do this. They don't want Baker Mayfield to be tossing it for 300 yards a week. You have Kareem Hunt, who has a rushing title under his belt, would have won a second rushing title if it wasn't for the incident that got him released from the Kansas city chiefs, Nick Chubb uh, was the NFL rushing leader up until week 17 last year. Um, they would like to run the ball more. Um, and this is the thing with coach Stefanski is as much as he wants to keep working and putting in every facet of the passing game. You gotta be smart. Like the goal on Sunday, Monday night, Thursday, night, whatever it is, is to win. So if your best way to win is by running the ball. And I think of Brian Billick in all those years in Baltimore. He went there. He was this big offensive guru, blah, 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 blah. How did the Ravens win all those years when Brian Billick was there? They played really good defense, and they ran the ball. I think there are a couple of players away on defense, but I think that's the style they would like to play. They would like to throw when they want to throw, and but run, because I think they love their offensive line. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, they're going to have this duo back for at least one more year in 2021. Um, they're really, really talented players. They're diverse players individually, but yet they both kind of fit the system. And Coach Stefanski uh, has done enough to incorporate Hunt in a passing game where you're going to get you know, the most out of Kareem Hunt that you can. So it's it, this is the style they would like to play. The problem is they just don't have enough on defense right now to play the style because even if they play their style and say they get up 7-0, get up 10-3, their defense is having a hard time, you know, closing out drives. You know, early earlier in the season against some of these poor opponents, whether it was Washington, et cetera, et cetera, they were creating a lot of turnovers, almost an unsustainable pace. When you start playing these better teams with better quarterbacks, a la Deshaun Watson, you're not going to get gifted these turnovers that their defense had, had been getting gifted. And it's kind of taking them out of their style. Um, look, the Pittsburgh game, I mean, that sucker was over over by opening kickoff. Baltimore game as well. The Raider game was difficult because I think if they had had all their pieces in place at the offensive line, tight end, Nick Chubb, they could have played their game, especially with the weather the way it was, and probably pulled that one out to be 6-2. We'll see because it's going to be a little bit similar weather-wise Sunday right now, for at least for what they're calling but the Browns will be, you know, have more hands on deck on the offensive side of the ball. The defense, it is what it is at this point, and somebody's just going to have to step up. Not name Miles Garrett, Ronnie Harrison, and Denzel Ward. Um, I'm looking forward to Sunday. And look, I understand where you guys are at, Cody. It's and look, you know, yes, it's five and three now, but you know, for me, it's like you know, I ain't buying no rings. We ain't buying no champagne over here in Cleveland. We've had way too many instances where we thought maybe things were getting on the right track. We have confidence, but we're certainly, certainly not committing, signing any paperwork right now. That this Browns organization is where it needs to be. Uh, Cody is part of Locked on Texans. These guys do a fantastic job, uh, you know, down there, obviously in Texas, covering uh, the Texans, and which is a really difficult situation you know, when the team, uh, you know, is in a position like they are. And there are several teams now within the NFL, um, and there's a lot going on as far as you know, the draft and how that could be covered. Um, and Eric Bieniemy would be a fantastic choice. I, I, I pounded the table for him. I wanted him not this year. I wanted him last year to be part of the Cleveland Browns. I think he's a fantastic offensive mind. Um, so if it does work out, that, that'll be a fun story. And I think it would be a great pairing with Deshaun Watson. With that being said, this has been your crossover edition of Locked On Texans, Locked On Browns. Jeff Lloyd, your host of Locked On Browns. Cody Davis, part of the fantastic duo covering the Houston Texans. Make sure you're subscribed. Uh, iTunes, Spotify ratings, reviews, please help everybody out here as we continue to work our butts off for you. Uh, we'll talk to everybody on Sunday. Uh, enjoy the game. We'll see what happens.